is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021, season 17, episode number 26. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. Nick, it's time. 26, what Ken you got? Ken Hamlin. My boy. Shout out to the bros. Arkansas. Is he Arkansas? I thought you were about to say RQQ. No, Ar- Arkansas. No? He played at that... Arkansas. He was what? a really good player. No. I, why would you? Because he said... R. I heard the R. Oh, okay. and, yeah. Am I not allowed to say no, that? No, you're allowed. To oh, say okay. I don't. You just don't. You shouldn't like run into a crowd of Omegas and just say RQQ. That's I never. Not a good idea. I would but, never do that. No. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> what a start to the show. Ken, Ken Hamlin, maybe the last Pro Bowl safety. No, Roy, Roy Williams made it. Well. No, I think he was like no, 2007, he, right? Oh my gosh! Which it's been is that long since they've had a Pro Bowl Pro Bowl safety? Before I, I so. before I made my snafu about Derek's frat, I was gonna say like, oh, that's fitting because he was one of the last Cowboys DBs to have like a really good season in terms of interceptions. Because yeah. Trayvon Diggs has two after two weeks. I think he had seven in 07, right? Yeah, or maybe eight. Like that. Yeah, that, that hasn't happened really in a long well, time. Yeah. yeah. That was the last time they had a, a safety that was that good. Yeah, it's been a minute. DB period. Good point. Yeah. Which I looked this up. So yeah. I looked this up yesterday, so it's on my mind. Last decade, uh, they had a good season in 2014. They had 18 interceptions as a team. 15 in 2013, decent. Uh, every other year, the last decade's been awful. But the guys who were doing all the intercepting in 13 and 14 were linebackers. Like Bruce Carter had five. Mm-hmm. Sean Lee had four. So. To see them off to such a great start, and it's DBs doing all of it, very impressive. And it's, and and it's very playmaking new. plays. Yeah. These aren't deflected balls that go up in the air and you get it, which is great. Johnny on the spot, you love that. But this guy's going to make the play, you know? And and, and that one interception against – I guess Tampa, that wasn't deflected That ball. wasn't deflected. But, I mean, they, and one of them was a, was a Hail Mary, so that one – It counts yeah. because – No, it counts, it but counts it's still because not. they caught the ball. I get it. I get it. But there there are so many cornerbacks that have played for this team over the last decade. I, I said this on a show like Monday. Like the, the Tampa, the Fournette bobbled screen dropped. Yep. No way. No yeah. Nobody that's played for this team over the last 10 years is making that play. I don't care what you say. So I'm going to derail us a little bit because I. We're I actually, already actually, way well, derailed. This actually so. brings up an interesting point because I heard somebody talking about this the other day and they were, they were making the point. Actually, it was on Twitter. They were making the point, you know. It would have been nice if you still had Byron Jones around here. And my thought was, even looking back in retrospect, I think the Cowboys did the right thing in that instance. To make him the highest-paid cornerback, which they did at the time, made him the highest-paid cornerback in the history of the league. And I don't know he, I don't know how many interceptions he's gotten since he's been there, but the number of interceptions probably isn't high enough to justify that amount of money. It would have been nice to have him if you could have gotten him for a good Price, but I actually think the Cowboys still made the right decision there. No, what do you guys think? They didn't because they're paying thirteen million a year for a guy that's like a afterthought spot player, sub package guy. 
Jalen Smith. That's who I'm talking about. What does that have to do with the? Yeah, with they could have spent the money on Byron. They didn't have to. Pay that, him. But you still got to pay more, and you you were going to be paying have him it. a ton more, though, right? You, I mean, Byron's on an eighty million dollar deal. Jalen's yeah. on a sixty nine million dollar deal. I mean, you so can make that work. Now you're going back a couple years. Like, well, like I mean, they paid Jalen before that season and let Byron go after it was over. Yeah, I mean, and hindsight's twenty twenty. I liked the Jalen deal when it happened. I get it, but they right now I'd rather have Byron Jones and Trayvon Diggs than what they have right now. Yeah, well. Yes, but I think when you factor in all the things, right? Well, I mean, you factor in Dak, too. I mean, they could have done the Dak deal, I think. They could have done it. They just they finally they just waited for deadlines, yeah. and then they got it done. They said deadlines make deals. Well, which deadline are you talking about? Are you talking about the Dak's deadline, or are you talking about other players' deadlines? Because if they would have gotten that deal done, then they could have franchised Byron Jones, and he could have had the year he was going to have. And then we, you know, you make this decision in the off season. So I, I agree, deadlines make deals, but I think that you know it's it's other players' stuff. They could have maybe done that had they gotten that Dak deal out of the way, but they didn't. It is what it is. Do they do they you know do they miss him? Sure, but you know I mean. Is what it is. I just think it's kind of hypocritical when you look at how many people out there say Tank Lawrence doesn't earn his money because he doesn't have gaudy sack statistics. But then they turn around and they say, hey, give me Byron Jones and make him the highest paid cornerback, but he doesn't get interceptions. I just think it's it's one or the other. Like I think Byron's a good cornerback. I don't think Byron is a great cornerback. I think those things are both wrong, though. Like yeah. Tank's sack numbers don't fully show how good of a player he is, and Byron's interception numbers don't either. Yeah. Coverage is important. Great, yeah. great. I get that. I'm glad that you don't you're not falling in that category because the reason I said that is because the person who was saying it, I was like, I'm pretty sure I remember you saying that Tank wasn't earning his money. Which, but I just wonder right now. If if they would have done that deal and they would have paid Byron, he became the highest paid cornerback in the in, in NFL history. At this point, how many fans would be like, he ain't earning that money? Oh, probably all of them. Unless well, but the other thing that you have to remember too, and to be fair to Xavier Howard, he was getting picks before Byron ever got there. He was. He set a career high last year with ten. Yeah. And I have to assume at least some of that is in part to yeah. people like you don't have somewhere to throw. It's either this Byron's blanketing this guy, so I have to throw it Howard, and that could have worked here as well. Trayvon Diggs clearly has ball skills that Byron doesn't have, right? So you're taking, you're either risking it being incomplete or getting picked off. Either way, I, I'm gonna so, take the incompletion if I'm the quarterback. That's, but go ahead. That's either way, it's gonna be good for your pass <laughs> defense. True, absolutely, and it's totally fair to say. Like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. I liked the Jalen Smith deal when it happened, but sitting here right, right now, I would. You could, we would be sitting here talking about the Cowboys having one of the two or three best corner tandems in the league if they had Byron and Diggs right now. I don't think they would have drafted Diggs if they did the yeah, deal because um, they had Gallimore rated as a higher player on the board, and you know, but they might need it. You know, had more of a need for yeah. for Diggs. We, we've seen that now here. They they have a, even though they have higher guys on the board, you know what they what they feel about the cornerback position, and so I'm not sure they would have taken Diggs. That's a good point. You know, I, you know, you never know. You don't. I I do know that. Well, no. I was gonna say next year, look for a cornerback. But I mean, they drafted. They Joseph. got a second and third round. I yeah. know. Yeah. They got to play him though. Yeah, and we do actually. That's, that's one thing I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show of what's happening with Kelvin Joseph. Where is he right now in his? And uh, I know he's on IR, but where is he in his, his timeline on right. coming back? And what do you expect to happen? 
when that happens. Let's talk though now about some. Did you have something you want to nope. talk about there? Okay, some injuries and and COVID updates. Let's start with the COVID update. Randy Gregory he missed last week's game. He was on the COVID list. What's the expectation for him? Is he coming off that list? Is he already off that list? And and is he expected to play this week? The expectation, according to Jerry Jones, is that well, and Mike McCarthy for that matter, is that he'll be here. Oh, today. Today's Wednesday. So off. I'm way off. I'm yeah, way, I'm I'm way so thrown off. off. So yeah. I have, I mean, I don't know if he's here right now, but they said he should be here today. And the expectation that he will play Monday night. Okay. Which great. Which they definitely need because of the next guys you're talking about. Well, let's let's go down this list here. We got a few guys that are injured. You got Amari Cooper uh, that got hurt during the game. You got Carlos Watkins. You got Donovan Wilson who missed last week's game. You got Dorrance Armstrong. Talk to me about where those guys are and what the expectations are for them this week. I think Cooper has the best chance to play of the three. Of those three. Of those four. Um, Wilson was another one I threw in. Donovan Wilson, yeah, yeah, I think I think Donovan Wilson. Well, I don't actually. I don't know about Donovan Wilson. Groins make me uneasy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's some. I mean, well, they should. Well, okay. <laughs> not touching that. But just <laughs> please don't think yeah. about what goes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Think about what goes into running. Like those muscles are. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. I mean, today. wow. That that's like Eatman yeah, 101. Right yeah. Sitting out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, you need those muscles to move your legs. Yeah. It's important. And and covering ground is. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Let's just say Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson. Like, we don't know about Donovan Wilson. Let's he's questionable to play. All right. Um, Amari, I'm pretty sure Amari, if you remember, he kind of scared everybody in the Tampa game after his second mm-hmm. touchdown. He fell on the ball and hurt his ribs, mm-hmm. and I think he took a shot right to a spot that was already sore when that happened. Um, so I think he's so. Good. maybe he went into week two with bruised ribs yeah, already? No, he was already out. I mean, he was, if you remember, like he scared no, the crap yeah. out of everybody because yeah. he was down for a minute. So I think that was already something he was dealing with. And I'm saying that because... Bruised ribs, going out and playing a game, going into the game with bruised ribs, that's, that's pretty. I mean, you, people want to talk about him. Like that is a yeah. tough yeah. person yeah. that can that and can go. go and play a football I mean, game with bruised ribs. The one of the biggest misconceptions I wish I could educate people on one is that not every player in the league like views football as passionately as fans do. Like for some guys, it's just a job. And the other one is that. Just because you're not on the injury report doesn't mean you're not dealing yeah. with a lot of stuff. Like you know, people just like, oh, well, he's he's healthy because because he's not <laughs> listed as limited or anything. No, nobody's healthy. Even Hurt and it's only week it's only week three, and I promise you, everybody on this team's already dealing with something. And both both those things apply to Amari Cooper. That's true. I mean, well, I as soon as I said that, I kind of like I regretted the timing because I really I don't question Amari's passion. No, no, but but all. you're saying. That, that fans shouldn't either, or, or media members shouldn't either. But just because a guy walks off the field and he's quiet and all that doesn't mean like he doesn't care. Yeah, like he's just he's got a different demeanor than other people. Well, and not only that, but somebody who might piss and yell and scream and just be the most passionate person in the world might not watch as much tape as Amari Cooper does. Yeah, and just right. like yeah, whatever. It's Wednesday night. I don't right. want to do that. So, just in general. These are all people with different attitudes about their jobs the same way that you are. And that's I think that gets lost a lot. I think the most concerning one in there is Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, it sounds like he's got a high ankle sprain. Mm. Those those typically – now, I don't think he's going to be ruled out or anything like that. But, I mean, I think that one's going to be the toughest one to come back. And then let's don't, let's don't overlook uh, Carlos Watkins because – 
They're dropping like flies at defensive tackle. I mean, yeah. you don't have, you already don't have um, Gallimore, Gallimore, yeah. and Hill. Tristan Hill. You yeah. don't have those two guys. So, you know, I mean, who, you have Osa, you have Bohanna, Urban, Urban. I mean, <laughs> look, running out of tight. names. After Hamilton that. on the yeah. practice squad. Put Mike at three tech. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he might be I playing in because of George him. Armstrong. I, yeah, I bet against him. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's what's going on there. Like like Basham, you know, you signed Basham for for reasons like this, and then you know, but and and I think that they're okay playing him. They're like they're okay playing, you know, Bradley and I if they have to. But yeah. I mean, they're going to try to be as dynamic as possible. So um, I would imagine they're not going to rule out those guys. They're definitely not going to rule out Dorrance Armstrong because until they have to because. They don't want people thinking that Mike is going to rush the passer. Yeah. yeah. Even though he probably will. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm i hopeful that they can get these defensive – get all these defensive linemen back because I do think what we saw with, with Micah Parsons, if you've got the right grouping of guys on the rest of that defensive line, you can do some really interesting things. I heard Michael Irvin this morning. He was on the fan. And he was talking about he was talking about the Giants back in I guess it was two thousand eight seven somewhere in yeah. there when they had all those defensive linemen uh, and what they do is on passing downs they just put them all out there mm-hmm. and they literally had basically defensive ends playing all four defensive line positions on those passing downs and they were bringing it and yeah. it was and that was how they won that Super Bowl in my sure. opinion that was all about their defensive front putting pressure on every team they played and that's how it got them to the Super Bowl. And you, you're seeing you have some ability maybe to do that with Micah yeah. uh, and line him up and now have those other guys out there too. Exactly. If they can get all the guys yeah. back at the same time. I, I don't want Micah to play any defensive end. I want him rushing at times when no one knows he's going to do it because I think he can he can rush from all different areas and be creative with that. But he needs to play more snaps, in my opinion. And so getting him at defensive end, he's not going to play as many snaps. He's gonna If you play him at linebacker, he'll probably be in the 50-60 range and 10 or 12 of those could be spot rushes at the at the 10 or 12 moments you really need to. Mm-hmm. And and he's it's one of those guys like, well they know he's rushing. Good luck. I mean, okay. They knew they knew Lawrence Taylor was rushing. Yeah. You know. I mean, good luck. But but they don't know know exactly where. And so I think that's where you can be really dynamic. They music. didn't have that luxury last week though. They had to just run him out there. Music to my ears. Yeah. I hope I hope you're right. Yeah. I mean, th- these coordinators this is the, probably the most creative group of coordinators that the Cowboys have had together in in a long time. Good and bad. What? Good and bad. What do you mean? I'm talking about fossil. Yeah. Well, I'm, he's creative, but sometimes man, you're like, just I'm, stop. I'm you don't sorry. have to be as creative right I mean, now. I mean, he's a special teams coach. I don't always throw that in the court. I, I don't you were talking that. about the offense. I'm defense. talking yeah. about offense. I'm with defense. You. you know, I'm yeah, he is creative. He's he, creative. He, Absolutely. Fossil creative. is creative. Yeah. We've seen creative plays. And, and I said this earlier on the, on the radio, and I'll say it again here. Sometimes you're going to see things like this that are going to lead to a domino effect later on. And if if CD Lamb gets a 52-yard punt return in next week's game because they kind of backed off thinking, well, the Cowboys are going to show some pressure here, and so they did like a safe mode, which means no one's down there to recover the the punt, and he goes, you know, mm-hmm. all that is set up by showing aggressiveness early on. That's why you run fake punts early in the season to say, you know, okay, we're not going to run another one the rest of the year, and guess what? Nobody ever returned a punt on us because everyone was so afraid of a fake punt. So there's reasons for it, but 
that was a bad call. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not justifying just it. Yeah. I'm just saying it was a bad timing. But there's reasons why they they throw stuff out there. They want to get it out there on tape so they can maybe, you know, play off of it later. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. He's going to break down the Philadelphia offense versus the Dallas defense. With that, when we come back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Stay in the know on all things Dallas Cowboys. Sign up for email notifications for exclusive offers, Cowboys events, and so much more. Sign up via email at dallascowboys.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we're here. It's time to uh, to bring in our, our buddy, Bucky Brooks from NFL Network, talk a little bit of about the Philadelphia offense. What's up, Bucky? What's going on? How you guys doing? Good, good. Let's start uh, where we typically start. Tell me, what is the thing that, that, that if you're a defense playing Philadelphia, you want to force them to do because that's the area where they're, they're most uncomfortable and the area they're, they're least efficient? Uh, you want to make the Philadelphia Eagles force Jalen Hurst to throw from the pocket. Uh, they're running a collegiate-style offense that is very similar to the one that he ran at Oklahoma. A lot of quick screens, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of uh, RPOs and quarterback design runs. You want to take Jalen Hurts out of his comfort zone and make him play traditional quarterback. If you can make him play traditional quarterback, then the game tips into your favor and you can begin to dictate the terms. But if you allow Jalen Hurts to play the way that he's very comfortable, he's still very dangerous as a playmaker. What's the best way to do that? Um, I, th- I think one, you got to make a concerted effort that you treat him 
almost like a running back in the pocket. You're forced to play 11 on 11 football, so you have to assign someone to him at all times. Mm-hmm. I know that that that, that sounds kind of like defending option football, but when the quarterback runs, it makes it an 11 on 11 game, and so you have to treat him as a runner. And then when you treat him as a runner, you also have to pressure him in a way where he has to stay in the pocket, meaning bring the pressure off the edges, particularly from the defensive left or the offensive right. If you go and look at his uh, heat map where he likes to throw, most of his passes are thrown to the right side of the field on offense, so the defensive left. So what you want to do is bring pressure from that way, and if he escapes, make him roll to the left so it's away from his strong side. You have to make a concerted effort to make him uncomfortable. It's almost like playing basketball. you got to shade and sit heavy on his right hand to make him go left. Got it. We ask you all the time about where's Waldo, uh, who's the player that you kind of have to focus on you know, and try to exploit. But what, what's the opposite of that? Like, what's the, what's the term for, like, who's the best player? And, and to answer that for the Eagles, like, on offense, who is their best player? Who's their best weapon? Their best weapon is the quarterback. But okay, other after than that... Him. I would think it would have to be one of the, it would have to be one of the wide receivers. I think you have to begin to look at Devonta Smith just as the guy that he may have a comfort level with. He did hit Quez Watkins with a few big balls, a ninety I think a ninety yarder uh, last week. But you gotta take away those playmakers. But I'm gonna be honest with you. It's really a team that does playmaking by committee. I don't know if they have an A level talent at the skill positions. And so you have to concentrate really on a if we kill the head of the snake the body will die so if you take care of hurts the rest of the stuff will kind of take care of itself i definitely i want to get back to Devonte smith at some point but i'm i'm curious bucky and i i've followed this guy's story just because i try to pay attention to the division i know he started last year but i i do not know a lot about his game so imagine my surprise when the eagles give jordan melata this huge extension before the season starts how how good is this dude? And I mean, like, is this a deal that's more about projection, or is he already like a dominant left tackle? Uh, it's a little bit of both, but he is really good. Uh, he's a guy who's a rugby player who has outstanding athleticism at the position. Quickly picked up the position so much so that they moved Dillard. I mean, out of the lineup, and their conversations about maybe he's on the trade block. So he obviously has to be very, very solid in what he's been doing and how he's playing and how they see him playing down the line, that they didn't just slide in their first-round pick. I will say he is kind of the new-school athlete that is playing on the edges. He is a dancing bear who's nimble enough to kind of shadow box with some of those speed rushers but also can anchor against the power players. He's a really good player, and his best days are ahead. Eesh, I don't love that. <laughs> All right, so this was, th- these two stats caught my attention. I want to get your opinion on on what wins this weekend or, or Monday night. Dallas right now leads the league with six takeaways. Philly, on the other hand, leads the league with zero turnovers through two games. Which one wins out on Monday night? It's all about creating pressure. Um, I would say that the Cowboys have shown a propensity to be able to turn the ball over. They did it with Tom Brady. They did it with Justin Herbert and those guys. I think the Cowboys' ability to kind of get after it will continue to force turnovers. If you can quicken the clock for the quarterback, that's when the bad things happen. And also, the Cowboys have made a concerted effort to generate turnovers. When you watch them practice, everything was about taking the ball away. 
Those practice habits have translated into success in games, and now it's a feeding frenzy because once the players believe that all the things they've done in practice shows up and produces results, now they really ratchet it up in game day. So they're going to go after the ball. All right, Bucky, fill in the blank. Uh, Dan Quinn comes over to you and says, "All right, Bucky, you're gonna go, you're gonna run this the defense this week. You're gonna put Micah Parsons where <laughs> off the off the edge. I'm gonna let Michael Parsons do what he does really well because it's about putting the best eleven on the field. Look, I know this is a guy that we haven't. I mean, we criticize a ton, but Jalen Smith is actually playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So if I can keep Jalen Smith on the field and Michael Parsons and LVE." I want to keep all those guys on the field. And if I can do it in a very creative way, whether that's a 3-3-5 lineup or doing different things, two four uh, fives, I'm going to do that. Because the one thing that we saw, Michael Parsons is really explosive, and he is a handful if you don't have a right tackle that can deal with this combination of speed, strength, and power. If you can find an explosive athlete that can disrupt the passing game, you got to put him on the field and let him do what he does really well. Michael Parsons, to me, was always a guy that was an outstanding blesser. But now that he can do it from an upright position off the edge, I got to let him do it because he is a dominant player. He's a difference maker at the line of scrimmage. Would you do you think they would have done it if Balaga was out there? Like, do you want to see him against a, a, a veteran or ta- more talented tackle? Oh, I think he would have with Brian Balaga too. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's an, I think it's an issue. The issue that you have with dealing with Michael Parsons, you're talking about six one, someone six three, two hundred forty six pounds. We can talk about the four three eight forty, but really it's the ten time. His get off is exceptional, and when someone can get off the ball like that, it puts immediate pressure on the defense tackle. Now he's not a finished product because if he develops an inside maneuver or a counter maneuver. It is going to be a problem. And so now that he is kind of, I guess, waking up a lot of eyes around the league, he's going to get some attention. That should allow other guys to get open, either in one-on-one matchups or if you bring in additional rusher. So I think you have to leave him there for the time being until Demarcus Lawrence comes back just because he has been so effective and so dominant. So I mentioned Devontae Smith. I am curious. I haven't had a ton of time to watch the Eagles in more than just passing, but he looked like the Heisman winner week one, and San Francisco took him out of the game in week two almost completely. So, was it something they were doing? Um, did he just have a. I mean, could he not get separation? Were they pressing him? Uh, did they just not have time to throw? What What was the issue there? Uh, I think it's a combination of factors. I think it's a combination of like where the reads were and sometimes coverage wins. They didn't do anything out of the ordinary to take him out of the game. He's not a guy who commands a double team or double coverage at this point. Uh, I think they just did a good job of being mindful of where he was. And, you know, the, the way the Eagles played, they just couldn't get into a rhythm. The quarterback could not get into a rhythm. And so it, it just prevented uh, Devontae Smith from getting the ball. But he's a very talented player. The thing is, I would say the good thing is Diggs played against him for years at Alabama, so he kind of knows who he is. So I don't think there's any mystery to what Devonta Smith is going to do. And I think when you have that kind of intel, you share it because it's not just playing against him in games. It's seeing him every day in practice and knowing what gives him problems at the line of scrimmage uh, and, and catch or trail techniques, all of those things. And so I would think that the book would be out there on Devonta Smith I wouldn't expect the Cowboys to necessarily have a, a ton of problems dealing with him and how they want to match up with him. 
Statistically, Cowboys defense has done pretty well uh, stopping the run in their first two games. I personally believe a lot of that was about the fact that they played two teams that weren't really committed to running the ball uh, like Philadelphia runs the ball. If, have you seen anything from Dallas in the first two weeks that gives you confidence or makes you question their ability to stop the run now going up against a team that's all predicated on running the ball? Yeah, um, I think the stats are misleading for the Eagles because Jalen Hurts comprises a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Some of those on scrambles, some of those on, on read option plays. It's not necessarily that old school, hey, we're going to line up in three yards in a cloud of dust you all night. The Cowboys have been really solid uh, stopping the run. And part of the reason they've been able to do it is because they've been able to win on early downs that they can dictate the terms, put the team, the opponent in long yardage situations and make them pass um, into the teeth of the defense. The other part of it is the Cowboys offense is their best defense. And so in the last game, I want to say the Chargers only had 62 offensive plays. Part of that is because of the slow down pace that the Cowboys offense operated. And so if they're working in concert where the offense is kind of slowing the game down and the defense doesn't have to play a ton of snaps, they're going to be able to stop the run because they're fresher. The problem comes when you can't get off the field or the offense isn't able to dictate the terms. Then it becomes a straight-up game for the defense. And I don't know if the Cowboys are built to play a straight-up game on defense still. We appreciate you joining us, Buck. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have you uh, talk a little bit about the uh, Philadelphia defense versus the Cowboys offense. Uh, We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're also going to talk some more about this Dallas defense. i got some questions for these guys. Uh, We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. 
Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. You can join now, get your fan packs, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details and join today. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Life from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I want to zoom in a little bit in this final segment on the Dallas defense. Um, let's start first with Kelvin Joseph. We mentioned him a little earlier in the show. He's currently on IR. My question first is, where is he in his timeline on being able to come back uh, at this point? He, I think he's eligible to come back. Um, he can't be yet. It's next, after this game? After this yeah. game. Right? So I, I paused at the wrong time Sorry. and opened yeah. the door for you. Yeah, I meant to say after this game. <laughs> okay. But it also was thinking in my head. That's why I stopped. I was thinking I had a conversation on the field last before the game, asked some questions about that rule because it's kind of up in the air. And I guess to clarify, you can start the 21-day window whenever you want to start it, whenever they can decide at any point. Like let's say D-Law is what, six to eight weeks? They can decide when to start that 21-day window. He can start coming back to practice, not off the roster yet, until they decide they want to, but he's got 21 days to do it. So they can start the 21-day window with Kelvin Joseph after this game. Now, he may only need one day to come off the roster. He may need a week. So he could come back after this game. After this game, three they weeks. They also have 21 weeks, 21 more days, days to be able to decide, okay, now we're ready to bring him yeah. back. Okay. So, so he doesn't have to come back for six weeks if they didn't want No, to. he doesn't have to be. He can, he to can come back. Roster, yeah, right? but he has to be off for three, yeah. and it's it'll be three. And then, you know, and there's a lot of guys in that in that boat, too. No, there's, there's, there's four or five guys that they could theoretically get back after this game. Um, Josh Ball... Kelvin Joseph, I know Gallimore, right? Uh, Sean McCune, mm, theoretically yes, but I just I He's don't think ready. he'll be ready. Yeah, you know I saw uh, Gallimore though, you know, working out and running and doing some things, and you know he doesn't have any brace on the elbow or anything like that. Right now it's just kind of conditioning yeah. with him, but got to get that strength. I mean that's what's defense. I mean you got to have it. Your, your yeah, elbows yeah, got to yeah. have that push. Yeah. But Ball and, and Ball and McCune specifically, I mean those were sprained ankles that happened in mid August, yeah. so. Yeah, those feel like guys that could be back sooner rather than later. That and Kelvin is a groin, right? Yeah. And again, not to go down that road, but that is a position where that I mean, it's a lot of running and a lot of long strides. So yeah. I wonder what his so readiness level is going to be when he's back health wise. I think the the decision the Cowboys are going to have to make is what do we want to do with him? And and I mean, when do we want to start putting him in the lineup? And I think they've learned from Trayvon Diggs. I mean, he had to put him out there, and they benefited from it now, and they're benefiting. They benefited from having Terrence Steele go out there and play. So at some point, they're going to have to decide, hey, let's let's get this guy some some work. Um, Anthony Brown's not letting the you know setting the world on fire over there. He's not. I mean, he's it's it's not been great, but I don't think it's as bad as people think. You know. I mean, he he he's given up some plays. He's been Kelvin Joseph's going to give up plays too. He's I'm, been what we probably thought he should have been. Like he is an average cornerback. Yeah. Like he's not great. He's not horrible. I just think he's average. And I think people are expecting every time he makes something something doesn't go well for him, people are like, oh. But I'm like that. That's who he is. I mean, like, there's always every team has a weak link. The 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 Buccaneers fan base hated somebody on that team too. Yeah. Um, so. I get it, and I'll, I'll say that like I've, we defend Anthony Brown a because we know what they want to do. I mean, yeah. Kelvin Joseph might take his job eventually, but he's not ready right now. He's not even on the roster, and he hasn't practiced in a month. Like, what are what are we doing here? So yeah. that's number one. Number two is you know how hard that position is. Having said that, I had a way easier time 
making peace with his performance against Tampa, then, I mean, the missed tackle against Mike Williams was gross. That, that's not even coverage. Mm-hmm. Come up and make the tackle. I mean, that's that sucked. But yeah, I still think it, it, it you're making do with the best of a subpar situation. And I, I think we've said this a hundred times, but the hope is that Kelvin Joseph can start mm-hmm. getting reps and mix into the lineup and play well enough to Maybe not completely take his job, but at least have a role. But he's just not ready right do, now. Do you think they'll mix him in? Because that yeah. corner corner is a spot where yeah, you you could kind of mix and rotate guys a little bit. You think they'll when do that? he's healthy and comfortable? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, they need him to get reps. Anthony Brown's not playing that great. Yeah. And I mean, you draft guys in the top fifty for a reason. Yeah, yeah, get him out there. And now the question that I know other people have asked is why not? You know, Murray's Kennedy, a guy that they heard about at training mm-hmm. camp. They heard him making some plays. Um, you know, I think he kind of tailed off a little bit. I mean, you know, the, just just the you know the the shine on the star just kind of faded a little bit. I'm not saying he's played poorly, but he's more of a special teams guy. That's what they brought him in to be. He doesn't agree with that. I mean, he thinks he's a he's a player, and he he definitely has made some plays on defense. At this point, I can't sit here and argue not to put a guy like that in. And he and they played him a little bit outside of camp, but he was predominantly in the slot. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, he got all that playing time because Jordan was hurt. Right. So kind of a projection. Um, if they wanted to try it, like I'm not. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world, but I'm also just not. I'm not just going to bang the table. Like, why isn't this guy playing? Like, I'm looking at his. Pro football reference right now. He's started four career games. All right. Just just I mean, think about it from your level of like, like, you know, just comfort level of going, all right, we're playing the Eagles. Who they got out there? Like Jalen Rager, Javante Smith. And uh, Greg Ward. Greg Ward. Okay. So let's say that Trayvon's got one of them over here. And then, you know, you, you got Jalen Rager on the other side against Anthony Brown, against... Nashawn Wright. You yeah, put him in? I was going to ask, what, what's the issue with Nashawn Wright? Like, was a third round pick? Like, is he not a guy that that should be getting a little bit of opportunity here, or is he just not? Is I'm he asking, worse off than where I'm they asking, were? That's what I was asking both of y'all. Are, <laughs> how comfortable are you with that? Was Anthony Brown? I'm always at that level of like five or six, or it's just like, well, you know, Look, it is, I, I don't know about Nashawn Wright. I personally think if you're going to work in. If you're going to give an opportunity to work in Joseph, I don't see why you wouldn't give an opportunity to work in Wright. I mean, again, I don't think he's there yet, but you, if the if the overall idea here is based on what you saw last year from Diggs, sometimes throwing rookies in there yeah. is a good thing. And by the way, you don't have to throw them in there full time like you did with Diggs. You can kind of work them in and get them some opportunities. I think that it's not a bad idea to do the same thing with Wright. I I feel like I. On one hand, I feel like Wright could be like an eight or a less than zero. And you, you eight or uh, seriously, oh my gosh, no, like, like you, yeah. you see all this encouraging stuff at training camp. He's long. Yeah. It's hard to get a completion on him because he can get these big arms up in the air. But then at the same time, I mean, think about Devonte Smith's game, like what he does. And then you got this six four, long strider dude. The big, like the big problem with those guys is changing directions. Mm-hmm. Guy like that could just put him in a blender, just absolutely leave him in the dust if because he's not trying to beat him long. He can go this, that, and the other way and put six yards of separation. But if you're worried about that, then was it a bad pick? Because that means he's never going to be able to do that. And by the way, there are tons of NFL I, receivers that are like that. I think that's always going to be a problem for him. Doesn't mean he can't overcome it, but 
I don't I don't know. I mean, and it's a weird thing too cuz for better or for worse, I personally am always going to associate where he was drafted with what everybody but the Cowboys thought about it. You know yeah. what I mean? And right now I th- I lean toward thinking they were more right than everybody else was because he he looked the yeah. part. Like he did he looked like he belonged. Right. But at the same time, I'm just like, are you ready to get out there with you the— You won't know until you put him out there, right? I, yeah. And that's where I'm like, just put him out there. Let's just see. I think it's—to be— I, just, I put both those guys in the same category, both Wright and and, uh, and and Kelvin Joseph. I think both of them are guys that I saw a little bit. I saw flashes in camp, which makes me eager to see what can they be if they get more opportunity. I think I've brought this up before, and I think about it all the time when this comes up. And it's, it's just the perfect encapsulation. And it's not to say these guys can't get better, but leading into the Arizona preseason game, everybody was like, Joseph, 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 what? why is this bum Anthony Brown still out here? And the Cardinals just picked on Joseph all the way down the field on yeah. the very first possession of the game. And, I mean, that's going to happen regardless. It happened to Diggs. I get it. But it's easy to say anything's better than this. It's really easy to say that. It doesn't. It's, it's harder for that to be true. Yeah. So... They got to get out there at some point, but I don't know. I'm 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 hesitant to say that. You sound they're... like a typical Cowboys coach. Like, give me what I know. Like, I, I feel better with what I know. I, Ant, uh, what I know is that Anthony Brown is a little bit better than mediocre. He's capable of good games, yeah. and say what you will about him, he knows how to be around the ball. Like, he's got decent, which ball is great skills. for now. The problem is, well, next year, year after that, like you want to develop these guys. So that's always the balance that, that any coaching staff and scouting department is trying to figure out, right? I get it. It depends on how, you know, how, how solid the coaching staff feels like they're going to be here. True. You know, I mean, you could sit here all day long and say, let's develop these guys for the future. But if you don't win right now, how, how what's your future look like? Yeah. The other thing too is, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not writing off Nashawn Wright, but Kelvin Joseph is the guy. Like he was the one that they felt the best about. He was their backup plan when they didn't get Sertan uh, or Horn, whatever. And he's he hasn't practiced. He's he's not physically ready. And when that changes, now I'm thinking, all right, let's mix this guy in. Maybe we can platoon the right cornerback or left. What, what side does Brown usually play? Left. Left corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, left cornerback. Mm-hmm. Let's platoon that. Let's do this, that, and the other. But right now, it's just not an ideal well, circumstance. And well, I I do I feel com- I feel more comfortable with the middle of the pack where's Waldo cornerback than what you might get out well, of right. I feel comfortable. You gotta also that. throw this part in too, is that if if Diggs, if you like Diggs traveling with with players that means anthony brown's gonna travel and do you feel like kelvin joseph is ready for that part too i mean because he, yeah. he's traveling with the guy learning too. that has to so that, you know yeah. it's one thing to just kind of say this is my spot over here and this yeah. is who, whoever's lines up over here i mean i think anthony brown is is probably better suited for that uh to kind of travel around and, and and change on the fly because that's what they're doing with digs yeah interesting thing is over the next few games uh and i think bucky touched on it there I don't know that you have a particular guy that you look at that is, oh, this is the guy we got to put digs on. So maybe they do a lot less traveling over yeah. these next three, four games, which would create the opportunity, maybe like you said, where you don't have to put him in there and make him move around. You just kind of put him in there and say, you're going to stay right here. You play right here, and let's see how that goes. Right. Famous last words, but this is a run of offenses that probably don't scare you as much as Tampa or right. L.A., so maybe maybe that gives you an opportunity to experiment. But 
at the same time, this is the NFL. I mean, this isn't like, oh, we're playing playing West Texas A&M this week. Let's get the young guys some time. Right. No, anybody on any of these teams can embarrass you if you don't put your best effort against them. So right, That's exactly right. All right, we're, that's going to be a wrap for us today. We're going to be back tomorrow. We'll talk about uh, Cowboys offense versus the Philadelphia defense. We'll have Bucky on. We'll talk more about that. We'll get you guys ready for this game. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!